Bible Church. Woo, yeah. Wow, we got a lot going on, huh? I'm telling you, man, it's crazy. We got the building dedication. We got gold shovels. We got kids being dedicated. Man, I love it. I love, I love, I love all that God is doing here at Next Level. Just uh, love being a part of it. I can't believe that I get to do this. Uh, In addition to all of that, Yesterday, downtown in the communities we've adopted, Palmetto Courts and Sable Palms, we uh, launched our five weeks of service campaign that's going to take us all the way up to Christmas, which is incredible. I know there were a couple hundred of you yesterday out in your orange shirt serving. We had our hog roast, uh, getting the five weeks of service kicked off, family portraits for all of the residents in the community. Just an incredible, incredible day uh, happening yesterday. Just awesome. So guys, listen, it's happening, man. It's a fun time to be a part of Next Level. Everything we're doing in terms of the the, uh, Be Orange campaign and and our five weeks of service is in conjunction with a series that we're doing here. We launched last Sunday called Get Out. And for four weeks, we're going to be talking about what it means to not just go to church, but to actually get out and be the church. That, you know, as we study the life and ministry of Jesus, we, we, we realize that Far more times than Jesus saying, come and see, Jesus said, go. Jesus said, listen, we don't go to church. We don't just come in here and and participate. This is part of it. But the strategy of Jesus is way more than just come and see. The reality is the strategy of Jesus, when you study the New Testament in the Bible, is for us to get out, to go and be the church. And that's what our Be Orange campaign is all about. It's us putting on orange shirts and saying, God, we're going to go be the hands and feet of Jesus, and we're going to serve with the love of Jesus. That's what this is about. Today, uh, in part two, I want us to, to, to look at, at a particular go statement. What we've been doing is, in this Get Out series, we're looking at uh, some go statements or some go moments in the life of Jesus in the Gospels, and we're examining those. Well, today, we're going to look at a very unique go moment for Jesus, in the life of Jesus. So if you have your Bible, I'd love for you to turn with me to John chapter 4, verse 1. John chapter 4, we're going to start right at the beginning of the chapter. That's where we're going to be launching from today uh, as we look at this very unusual go in the life of Jesus. John chapter 4, verse 1 says this. If you don't have your Bible, that's fine. The verses will be on the screens around me. You'll be able to follow along there. Verse 1 says this. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who was baptizing, it was his disciples. A little disclaimer there. Verse 3. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. And then verse 4, here's the go statement. Here it is. Ready? Now, he had, speaking of Jesus, he had to go through Samaria. Now, to the casual reader here in, you know, 2010... Uh, it, it, this verse would, would be very, uh, have little, very, uh, very little significance. But the reality is when you go back and, and you begin to look at the culture of Jesus' day, the, the nation he was living in, that culture, what you begin to realize is this statement that Jesus had to go through Samaria was of extreme significance. Here's the reason why. Because the Jews, which Jesus was a part of, and the Samaritans, or the people from Samaria, were on polar extremes of the spectrum. There was a humongous divide, culturally, racially, in every way, between the Jews and the Samaritans, or the people from Samaria. To the Jewish community, Samaria represented, quite honestly, the wrong side of the tracks. 
It was the place that, that Jews didn't want to think about. It was a place that Jews, quite honestly, didn't want to go through. They would literally travel miles, several miles, kilometers, out of their way. So they didn't have to go through Samaria. It was that big of a, deer, of a deal. Samaria was a place of cultural and racial divide. It was, for all intents and purposes, a land that they'd rather go around. It was a land that they would rather just go around. And here's what I believe, Next Level Church. I believe, as it relates to our communities downtown, Palmetto Courts and Sable Palms, that we have adopted as a church, I believe that in a lot of ways, for many of us, they represent a land that we would rather go around. I know for some of us, perhaps there's this feeling when we start talking about the orange thing and going downtown off of Martin Luther King Boulevard and just doing all of this work and adopting these communities. There's, for many of us listening today or watching online today, <clears throat> here's what I know. I know that for some of us, that turns our stomach. That like this journey to downtown for us is, takes us way outside of our comfort zone. And the reality is for some of us, it's a downright scary, scary thing. That we're scared to death. Like, just hearing us talk about five weeks of service, for some of us, a few weeks ago, our stomach started to turn. We're just like, man, oh man, oh man, are you kidding? I worked down there once, and I vowed when I left that position that I would never go back. It's that kind of a place. It's a land that we'd rather go around. But here's what I believe. I believe that what we can learn from this go moment in the life of Jesus has a ton to teach us as a church about our approach to our communities downtown, the land we'd rather go around. So if you have your bulletin, I would love for you to follow along because I want to talk about a half dozen or so principles or ideas that come from this interaction from Jesus, this go moment in Jesus' life and ministry where he made a decision that he must go through Samaria. Here's the first one. Number one, as influence grows, it becomes necessary to go to the land we'd rather go around. Bottom line is this, Jesus understood that as influence grows, it becomes necessary to go to the land we'd rather go around. It says in verse 1 that Jesus' popularity, his fame, his influence had grown beyond that of John. And if you rewind the tape about three chapters to John chapter 1, you start to realize how, how influential this John guy was. John the Baptist, he was like rock star religious figure like he everybody loved john the baptist and, and it says in john chapter 4 verse 1 that jesus fame that his popularity that his influence his leadership his ministry had become even more popular more influential than john's did and here's what i believe jesus understood jesus understood that as influence grows so does the responsibility to leverage that influence for the people of the land We'd rather go around. It's true in our culture as well today. That some of the, the business term for it is mega brands. That many of the mega brands of our culture today, brands like Starbucks, brands like Walmart, brands like Target, understand in explicit detail this responsibility principle, this idea that, that to whom much is given, much is required. They understand that is true of us as a church. Guys, listen, our heart, is this, that as God continues to bless and grow and our influence grows as a church, we have a responsibility to give back 
I love that we're building a building a couple miles from here and groundbreaking. Listen, that's awesome. It is, it's a tool. It's a tool to impact people. That's not a destination, baby. That's a tool so we can make a greater impact. Listen, that's been our heart for coming up on nine years now. That we as a church would not just do this thing and just have it big for big sake. No way, man. Are you kidding? Forget about that. Here's what we're into. We're into life change. We're into seeing God use us collectively to accomplish what we can never individually accomplish on our own. That's the power of orange. That's the power of what we're doing. And Jesus understood that. He understood that that as influence grows, so does our responsibility to impact those from the land we'd rather go around. Let's continue the story. Verse 5 says this. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar. Near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph, verse 6. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. Now, they started counting their day at 6 a.m., so basically it's noon. And Jesus has been on this long journey, and he's tired, and he reaches Jacob's well in this town called Sychar in Samaria, and he's tired, and so he sits down at the well. Here's the second principle or idea I want us to understand about the land we'd rather go around. Number two, the journey to the land we'd rather go around can wear us out. Plain and simple, this was not an easy journey for Jesus. It took time. It took energy, it took resources to be in a cross-cultural place. This was not the easy road for Jesus. From Judea to Galilee, Samaria was not the easy road, especially when you consider the emotional tax that comes on a person when there's, when there's, when there's tension and, and cultural and racial tension and divide. And that's where Jesus found himself in this, in this land of, that he, most people would rather go out of their way to avoid. It was, it was emotionally taxing for him. He was tired. And the bottom line, Next Level Church, is listen, the easy thing for us to do is not to put on our orange shirts and go downtown to the land most of us would rather go around and serve with the love of Jesus. That is not the easy thing. There were hundreds of us out there yesterday, and we know this is true. We know that it's true that it takes time and energy to impact a culture that's, by and large, unlike us, so to speak. It'll wear us out. But it's worth it. It's necessary. Jesus understood that. Let's continue the story. Verse 7. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, this is where it gets good, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. So basically the disciples go on a subway run. They realize it's lunchtime and they're like, hey Jesus, we're going to go you know, hook up with Jared and get the whole sub thing going, $5 foot long, what's up now? It's in there. And you're just like, you know, let, okay, we got it. So Jesus sits down at the well because his disciples went on a food run and this woman comes walking up, verse 9, look. The Samaritan woman said to him, well, Jesus looks at the woman and he says, will you give me something to drink? Can I get a glass of water? Verse 9, she responds, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Do you hear the tension? Do you hear the cultural tension? And then look at this, John, the writer of this letter, I love this, parenthetically adds in there, 
for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. He wanted everybody to know for centuries to come, anyone who would ever read this historical document about the life and ministry of Jesus, he wanted everybody to know, listen, Jews are over here, Samaritans over here, and there's a huge divide in between. He wanted them to know this was not okay. This was rare. People from over here don't talk to people from over here. And the fact that Jesus would engage this woman and simply ask her for a glass of water was freaking everybody out, including the woman. She looks at Jesus and she says, what are you doing talking to me? Don't you know I'm a Samaritan? Verse 10, Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water idea number three from the land we'd rather go around is this we have something to offer we have something to offer the land that we'd rather go around why was jesus there it was not there so he could get a glass of water jesus was there to provide living water not just for the jews But for the Samaritans as well, Jesus had to model with his life that his message, the message of eternal life, that he was the Messiah, that he was the Savior of the world, that it was not just for one group of people, it was for everybody. And guys, listen, here's what I know. I know that we have a message we have something to offer the land we'd rather go around. We have something to offer the residents of Palmetto Courts and Sable Palms. And that's the hope of Jesus. And can I be honest with you for a minute? For a lot of years, I didn't believe that. I was raised in the Midwest conservative world in cornfield country. And I was raised in an upper middle class white home White town, the whole deal. And for decades, literally, for I'm 35, for 32 years, I was taught by Christians. I was taught by the movement I'm, I work for. To feel guilty about who I was, about where I came from, about what I had, about what I'd been given... I was taught and led to believe by Christians, by the Christianity movement, that the best I could do would be, number one, to go home and feel guilty behind my gate, and number two, at best, just slip us a check underneath the gate and just, just, that's all you have to offer. Feel guilty. And a little over three years ago, I had a conversation with someone about this whole deal, because my heart. I wanted to do something, but I really didn't believe I could. I didn't believe I was allowed. I had a conversation with someone in my office. And they're looking across the desk at me, and they're, 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 we're talking about this issue, and I'm just going, no, you don't understand. I don't have anything to give. I don't have anything to offer. The best I can do is stand up here in front of a bunch of upper-middle-class white people and take up an offering. That's the best I can do for you. And this person looked across my desk and said, Matt, you are completely wrong. You're missing it. You have so much to offer the residents of the land we'd rather go around. You have business sense. You have financial understanding. You have life-giving, life-changing principles from the word of God. Matt, you have everything to offer. 
just because they don't look like you, just because they don't live where you live, you have everything to offer. And guys, I started crying at my desk. Because for the first time, someone told me we had something to give. And from that moment forward, Next Level Church, everything in our vision, everything in our trajectory changed. Because suddenly we, as a church, who had been given so much and are responsible for so much and have been blessed so much, suddenly we now have the ability to go to the land we'd rather go around and make a difference. We have something that can change their lives just as Jesus did. We have the living water of the word of God. I believe that. I believe that with all of my heart. Jesus says, if you'd have known who it was, you'd ask him for living water. Verse 11, continuing the story. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? She's kind of suspicious. Verse 12, are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and his herds? I love this question. She's like, who do you think you are? Are you greater than our father Jacob? And you see Jesus sitting there going, yeah, I kind of am. <laughs> I love it. He kind of holds out on her, though. That's awesome. But here's, here's what I want us to see. This woman was suspicious. People in the land we'd rather go around will be suspicious of us at first. She was suspicious of Jesus. She's like, what are you talking about, this living water? But have you seen how deep this is? What, 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 are you, what, what are you trying to say? She didn't believe him. She was suspicious. And guys, here's what I know. We've known. That ever since we went public uh, over a year ago with this idea that we're going to adopt these communities, some of the hardest hit, some of the most broken and forgotten of our, of our region of the United States of America, the minute we came out of the water with this idea that we're, as a church, not leaving, that we're going to be there, we're committed to help lift these communities, to lift the residents of these communities, the minute we did, here's what we knew. We knew that there would be suspicion on, be, on the part of the residents. And that's why for over a year now, we have done nothing but try and simply be orange and be there. That's our strategy. It has been for the last year. That's our third Saturday serve day. Every third Saturday of every month, many of us have went out in our orange shirts and we've done anything and everything to simply invest in the community and to be present because we understood that there's going to be a skepticism, that there's going to be a suspicion on behalf of the residents in the land we'd rather go around that are going to look at us orange-shirted ones and go, yeah, but what, is, what, is it, what do you want, really? Matter of fact, listen to this, guys. This week when, when our orange shirt people were going out and knocking on doors, inviting people to yesterday's pig roast and family portrait day, the number one quest they, the question they got asked, how much does it cost? <laughs> it doesn't cost anything. We're just here because we love you. We just want to add value. We just want to serve. We just want to bless your family this Christmas season with a family portrait. It's, it's absolutely free. <laughs> Guys, listen. They're going to be suspicious of us, but over the last year, you know what we've done? We have built trust and those of you who were down in the communities yesterday you know comparatively from one year of five weeks of service to last last year to this year it's a whole different vibe isn't it like it's crazy like there was a a a whole new level of receptivity to us and to what we were doing down there than there was a year ago 
And I believe that's because they were suspicious. And so here's what we've done over the last year. We've said, listen, be as suspicious as you want. Take as long as you want. Because you know what? It doesn't matter to us. We're here. We're not going anywhere. We recognize that for years you've been burned by politicians. You've been burned by other churches with empty promises and shallow commitments. But guess what? There's power in orange. And we're not going anywhere, baby. We're committed and you can trust us. Mm. So this woman's like, what's this living water thing? Where are you going to get this? Verse 13, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. Here's what we have to understand. The message that God's given us for the land we'd rather go around is all about head and heart. This is a two-pronged issue we're learning as we're dealing with the residents of our communities downtown. We're learning that, that the answer, and we all know this is true, but oftentimes we get stumped and we go, well, I'm not sure what else to do with it. We, the answer is not just to come in and just throw money at them. That's, that's not the answer. That's a part of it, but it's not the answer. The answer is actually two things. See, we're up against two major issues in terms of uh, many of the residents downtown. The first one is a mindset issue. Because there is a poverty mindset that is prevalent among the vast majority of the residents of our communities. Here's what that means. A poverty mindset is is a fatalistic, defeatist mindset that deflates motivation. That's why for some of us, like we've been downtown, we've been serving, and we'll have a conversation with someone, and we'll, we'll get in our car, and we're frustrated because we go, just, I don't understand, just go get a job. Just... Just go fill out a resume. Just go. Just pull yourself up from your bootstraps. And I'm from Indiana. And some of us who are from Midwest, we know what bootstraps are. Pull yourself up. And like some of us, that's been a, an issue for us. And here's why. Because we live in an abundance mentality or mindset. The residents that we're dealing with, by and large, have a poverty mindset. And here's what that means. They, that means they're living in this defeatist, sort of fatalistic, hopeless mindset or worldview. And it's not as easy as just saying, well, just try harder. Go get a job. Go fill out more reds. No. So we're working against a mindset. That's why we can't underestimate the power of our just being there and just having conversations with them and sitting around the tables yesterday eating pork sandwiches going, listen, there's hope. There's hope. Man, we're going to pray that God helps you get a job. We're going to pray that God helps your car get fixed. We're going to pray that, that, that God will provide the $214 that you need to enroll in that high-tech North uh, small engines mechanics class so you can change your life. Listen, don't underestimate, guys, how much hope that brings the residents of our community. Why? Because it smacks them in the face of that poverty mindset. It says, where you feel hopeless, there is hope. That's our message. That's what we're doing downtown. And secondly, it's a spiritual issue. It's a heart issue. The theological term is spiritual depravity. The Bible talks about this idea that if we're living life without Christ, outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are spiritually depraved. In other words, the sin nature in us 
is at war against us. So no matter what we do, because of our spiritual depravity, the sin nature inside of us, we're never going to ultimately lead toward righteousness. It's never going to lead toward light. It's always going to drift toward darkness. That's what sin in us does. Regardless of where you live or what you do or what color your skin is, it doesn't matter. This is just sin nature is in every human being. And if we don't introduce them to a relationship with Jesus Christ, then we are not doing our job. That's why it's not enough for us to just go down and just bless people and get, do a hog roast and families. Listen, the, the medical day, all those things are great, but it's, it's only part of the issue. At the end of the day, the true issue that the residents of our communities face downtown is a spiritual one. That's why on our fifth Saturday, December 18th, or whatever that last Saturday is before Christmas, we're hosting a next level service in the community. That's why. Black, white, red, yellow, you name we're, we're all precious in his life. We're going to be there. And we're going to tell him. You know what the message of Christmas is? The message of Christmas is hope. Hope in Jesus. Hope that goes beyond a poverty mindset. There's hope in God. Verse 15. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water. So that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Number six, people in the land we'd rather go around want this living water. Guys, listen, she wanted it. Even though she didn't thoroughly understand it. Like the first shot, she was like, oh, great. So that means if I have your living water, I'd never have to come. Like my life's going to be easier because I have Jesus. Like she didn't even really understand. But she wanted it. There was a desire in her heart to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. And I believe the residents of our community are the same exact way they want what we have to offer them which is hope in jesus christ plain and simple yesterday uh, one of our young ladies here in the church was praying and talking to some of the young teenagers in the community she's talking to one girl and the girl is asking her about getting a ride to church she said man you know we'd love to come and i'm not going to get the, all the details of the story right but basically uh, our our girl, our young lady, was saying to her, you know, well, you should come. And she said, well, I don't have a way to get to church, whatever. And, and, and basically this little teenage girl from the community said to Cassie, she said, here's what you don't understand. You people are the only people that we've ever met down here that really, truly care about us. Guys, it's working. They want what we have. It's working the message of jesus it's working there's power in orange there's power and in the story this woman wanted what jesus had she said i don't even understand it all but I, whatever this living water is i want it i want some it kind of led them then into uh this this debate this theological debate about the messiah at which point you can read this afternoon at which point Jesus basically then kind of pulls back the curtain and goes, yeah, that whole Messiah, the Savior of the world thing, I'm him. And kind of like lets her in on it. And she freaks. You can read about it. She takes off running. And she's like, shut up. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. And she takes her. She leaves her water jar and runs back into her town and starts telling everybody, you got to meet this guy. You got to meet this guy. You meet guy. Listen, here's the, here's the takeaway. I want us to understand. It started with the simple and the practical. Jesus was able to build a bridge into that community by simply asking for a glass of water. 
And that's exactly what we're doing. Guys, why are we doing a hog roast and family pictures and a medical day and community cleanup? Why are we doing all that? Because it's a glass of water. Because it's a glass of water. Because we show up in our orange shirts and we go, hey, we love you. We're here and we're not going away. We're in. We're all in. It's a glass of water. And from that simple practical step and connection, Jesus ended up having a connection, making a connection with the entire community. Look, verse 28. Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Not quite, but go with it. Verse 30. They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Jesus gained influence with the entire community. Simply by connecting with the simple and the practical. And I believe God's giving us favor with the entire community downtown because we're willing to come and serve with the love of Jesus. And then notice this. Jesus says, as he kind of concludes this portion of the chapter, that it's the people in the land that we'd all rather go around that are the true harvest. Matter of fact, this is one of the, I've never seen this before until just this week. This is one of those verses that gets quoted at missions conferences. I mean, I used to be a part of like missions things and it was like, you know, the harvest is wide under, the fields are right under the harvest, the whole deal, right? Okay, like this huge, those of us who've been around evangelism and Bible study stuff, we, this is one of the most famous evangelistic verses of the Bible. And I never put together that it was actually came from, stemmed from Jesus talking about the land that we'd all rather go around. He pulls his disciples, they come back from Subway, they're like, Jesus, what are you doing talking to her? And Jesus is like, listen, here's what you need to understand. The reason I'm talking to her is because... What you guys are missing is this is the harvest. Judea's great, Galilee's great, Jerusalem's great. Samaria is the harvest. Look, verse 35. I tell you, Jesus says to his disciples, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. I've never seen that connection before. He's standing in Samaria saying, you guys are looking everywhere else, but right here, lift up your eyes, look at the fields. This is great, I love it, come and see, and it's full, and this is fun and great, and the building, and awesome, and yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, is it possible that the true harvest next level church is in the land we'd rather go around? I believe it could be. I believe it is. So what's the concluding challenge of the whole day? Here's the, here's the conclusion of the whole thing. Listen, and for some of you who are like here because you're family of the, ba- the kids that were getting dedicated, I don't know what to tell you. Welcome. Glad you're here. Here's, here's what we're about. Next Level Church, listen. Here's the deal. As long as we exist, we are going to be about the people and the land we'd rather go around. Come on. So if you don't have an orange shirt, go get one. We'll probably run out again. They're five bucks. Go get one. I don't have five bucks. Well, then you take it. And when you're wearing it, we'll just see how. Don't be mad at us, bro. Just go easy on us. Sorry. Five bucks. Anyway, orange shirts. Go get one at the table and and do that. And then there's sign-ups right there, too. And just sign up. We got four more Saturdays coming. Listen, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're doing, church. This is it. Man, this is the heartbeat of Jesus. The people from the land. We'd rather go around.
Guys, across this room, can we just bow our heads? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, God, for opportunity to be a part of the harvest. Lord, thank you, God, for what you're doing here. Thank you, God, for groundbreaking in our facility. That's just amazing. It's just going to be an amazing tool. That's a starting line, not a destination. It's a starting line for all that you have for us. Lord, thank you for families who are, who are in, a, in a church like this where they can uh, just dedicate and align their families with the Word of God. We thank you for that, that we get to partner with that. And Father, we thank you for opportunity we have to be orange. We know that there's power in orange. And so we pray now that you would be with us, that you would help us, Lord, to live like you, to go through Samaria, that we might reap a harvest in the land we'd rather go around. In Jesus' name and all across this room, everybody said, amen.